When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. And here's a word from our sponsors. Hey, my name's Marcy. I'm a hairstylist and suite owner out of North Carolina. I actually work at two locations throughout state and Schedulicity helps me manage my busy schedule in both places. Um, it's so easy to send emails to the different client lists, to book clients for the different clients lists and toggle back and forth in the app. Um, it's kind of killer for me. I love it so much. I grew up in the age of everything online and being able to do everything through my phone, manage my day to day, send out emails, process payments, everything, um, is such a huge help as a small business owner, um, and someone who's out there hustling and grinding every single day. Um, and a huge shout out to Schedulicity and everything that they done, um, immediately when COVID hit the industry and just stepping up to the plate with no questions asked and being there for us stylists, Schedulicity, you rock. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I sit with my best friend, Tom. What up? What's up, best friend? What's up, best friend? Buddy. <laughs> How you buddy. doing, buddy? What's going on, man? Nothing, man. It's, it's another conversation uh, that we, we, we've we've had her on a couple times now. And then in the first podcast, she talked about a little bit and you stumped her because uh, it wasn't in front <laughs> of her. Then the second podcast, she talked about it. And we're like, okay, we got we got learn more we about, gotta dive in right yeah because uh it, you know it, she talks about uh how to build a clientele in a short amount of time and we're like all right let's let's get into the meat of that because so many of us uh you know that especially uh trying to build a book or trying to you know if you move or whatever uh to do it that quick of a time i it's pretty impressive. Very impressive. And I mean, and, and I think that I think that the tools and the tricks and the stuff that she's going to share today will also, you know, help us because, you know, now that we're post COVID, you know, a lot of our clients haven't come back or, or aren't coming in or, or whatever, whatever that is, we all, we all seem to have spaces in our book now. And, and for the record, I've talked to um, what we would consider very successful hairdressers, and they're kind of having the same struggles as everybody. So it's not just you, it's everyone or, or certainly most of us. I don't know if Daniel Mason Jones is having trouble, but you know he's the anomaly always. <laughs> but yeah, he might be down to eight hundred grand. Yeah, eight hundred grand so, exactly. Yeah. So twenty five percent. But he was off for four months too. <laughs> right. So you know, I don't know if that counts. So, uh, but anyway, so um, you know, hopefully we can get some tips and tricks on 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 how to uh, the, the name of the podcast is you know how to build your book in twelve weeks. But within that, you know, from zero to twelve weeks, building a full book. But you know, I'm sure the same tricks and the same stuff will help you if you just need to fill a couple spots as well. Should we get in? Yeah, let's do it. So today our guest is Dawn Bradley. Once again, the amazing, the awesome. 
Tom Bradley. Um, so, uh, yeah, she's going she's gonna, to uh, tell us about how she built a book in 12 weeks, and I'm intrigued. Yeah, because she completely moved to a different city, and boom, 12 weeks later, she's, she's you know what I mean? She, she had a book. Yeah, because then she had to start charging for consultations. <laughs> Listen to the last podcast because that, that was yeah, how to build your book away. in 12 weeks and then in 14 weeks charge for consultations. <laughs> so, Miss Dawn Bradley, welcome back to your day off, man. Thank you. It's always such a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, that's my next thing. 14 weeks to charge. Right. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Wait for that. Yeah. Early um, 2021. Yeah. Obviously we're, we're huge fans of yours and you brought this up twice in the original podcast when we learned about your story. And then when we did the $50 consultation, you brought it up again in the very beginning of the podcast. So, uh, that's twice. So it's inevitable for us to have this conversation on how in the heck did you do it? Yeah, so I'm really, really stubborn, really stubborn. And when people tell me I can't do something, I'm like, watch me. Um, so that was like the for sure the motivation behind it is when I decided to pack up my entire life and like close up my business, sell my house. I was 31. People are like, this is the stage of life where you settle down. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to like move west, move somewhere where I don't know anyone and start over. People, I like saw my clients look at me and be like, I could see in their head, like, you'll be back, right? Like, I have that's really cute. anybody who can just close down, pack up and move and know nobody or anyone and just start your life completely over. And to have the gut, I mean, it takes a lot of gut. It, it, cur- yes, guts, courage, courage guts. you know, whatever, balls, cojones. Any more? Do you have any to add, Don? <laughs> <laughs> I think you covered it. That was pretty good. <laughs> 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 um, um, yeah, that, 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 that's crazy mad respect, but I mean, obviously, in knowing Dawn, there's a system to it. Hold on. Before we get into the system, so have any of your clients who told you that you'll be back have you uh, talked to them recently or lately and, you know, saying, where the hell are you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you mean like, cause you haven't been back. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's been six years. I like every, every once in a while, I get like a DM being like, like you're doing so awesome, like super impressed. And I kind of like, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it, like I, I really appreciate it, but there's like something that I'm like, why did you underestimate me? Like it like bums me out sometimes a little bit. I don't know why. That's like me just being completely open and vulnerable there. That's head talk though. That's your own head talk. You know, they 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 would not reach out to you if they weren't truly um, impressed and, and, and truly like, wow, you did it, Dawn. I mean, like, you know, I think I think as people we like to celebrate each other. And 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 mm-hmm. and, and you know what they're really saying? What we just said, and that's like, oh my God, you had the balls, you had the guts, you had the cojones to do it, and not only did you do it, but you did it. You know, so so yeah. I, I think it's just a big like pat on the back, like yeah, way to go. Because I think that person that reached out to you probably has the same thoughts about how could I start over, how could I redo this, how did you do, you know, how did you do this? But you know, for whatever is holding them back, and and, and they're they're commending your non holdback. Yeah, but even if they doubted you, is more of them like they would doubt themselves from doing something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and by like you doing it uh they're so proud of you and so they reached out and said you know what you did it wow good for you you know what i mean and 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 in the back of their minds like you know they they couldn't have done it but you did it so they feel like they've done it too with you which is pretty good you you know what i always say like it's like totally like a psychological issue for me that i need to dive deeper into for sure 
Um, but I always say like when we do things that other people have used excuses for why they can't, like when we call people out, when, when I'm just by do, but by being us and by going through an emotion and, and, and emotion, sorry, by going through the motions, we call other people out on their excuses that keep them safe. They don't like that. Um, but I really think there's like a deep seated insecurity in me for like being a hairstylist and being told not to become one in the beginning that I couldn't become financially stable with it that oh that's cute that's a cute hobby like what are you really going to do eventually there was there's a lot of this stuff that I've worked through a lot of but then being like oh like like just see me for like the potential that I have and then now it's kind of like okay like look I proved it and like I said I'm super stubborn I want to prove people wrong a lot about me um but no it's really exciting for people to be like wow look at what you've done but I'm also extremely hard on myself and I'm like is it that impressive I don't know I did because I like once you've done something you've done it so it doesn't seem out of reach and I had this like to get really deep with you guys for a moment I had this aha moment in therapy once where it was like success to me was always out of reach um so once I've achieved something I like wouldn't give myself credit for it anyway so off topic about what we're talking about today. really though I mean I think it's I think it's important and, and I'm, I guarantee it comes back in the conversation but it is weird like you know many many conversations we have people are like I can't believe how successful the the, the, the podcast is and and it's weird because as you said like you know, for Tony and I, we're literally sitting in a bedroom in my house. And like, we don't even understand that people are listening to it outside of our bedroom in the house. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense. You know, like when people, when people come up to actually, here's the weird thing. And Tony will attest to this, that when we're like, when we're at shows and stuff, and we start talking, and people only know us for our voices. It's really weird, man. It's like, oh, that's the voice. And I'm like that. Like immediately I want to change the subject because I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want to go there. I actually had a uh, one of the, there's, there's a podcast that just started up and I had a phone call with them. Um, they were looking for uh, for some some consult from me. And like when I talked to them, they were like, oh, that's your voice. And it, immediately it put me in defense mode. Not like that I was defensive, but it was like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. right. Like, how do you do, what do you do yeah. with that? Like, it's my voice. It's like, I've had it, you know, for my entire life, you know? So what do you we do? We don't see ourselves how other people see us. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, definitely not. That's and that not leads to the, I have seven steps to build a clientele. And one of them is just to actually believe in yourself. Is that the number one one? That's actually number seven, but it doesn't matter what order. You really <laughs> need to believe. Well, well let's get in. So, so you've built, <laughs> built a book from zero to fully booked in 12 weeks and mm -hmm. you did it again with a system you did it with a with a structure with a with a plan did you yeah. did you did you have the plan already in place or did you document it as you built it in the 12 weeks yeah so i am not a very strategic person by nature i'll give you that much like i'm like such a scatterbrain it the strategy i built over 14 years of being in the industry <laughs> through trial and error um, so I started an industry in 2001. I was sick of sweeping the floor and cleaning out other people's color bowls. So I decided like, I need, I need to stop waiting for walk-ins, stop waiting for people to accidentally find me. I need to take this into my own hands. And I just started like, I remember like shoving a card in like a grocery clerk's face being like, you should come see me. Cause I was so nervous. She didn't ever book in. It was a complete utter failure of an attempt to get someone to come in, but it was practice. It was a step moving in the right direction. Um, I then like beat out my boss at that salon for a top earner of, of the salon in under three years. I was, you know, a new, I'm not saying I was the best uh, skilled, but I brought in the most money because I knew how to get people in my chair. 
I moved to the UK when I was 21. I got, I had to, they, part of my job interview was like, go find someone on the street and bring them in for a blowout. And they said nine out of 10 people never come back in to finish their interview. Are you serious? It's scary to go find someone off the street, but they want to see who has the ambition and the drive. And I remember being like the first person and being like, and like, you know, the first couple of people is just practice to warm up. And by the fourth person, I was like, hey, I'm a hairstylist. I'm auditioning at this place. I would love to give you a blow. It's no cost and it's going to help me get a job. And then they came in because through the practice and through stumbling and through failing, it then got more comfortable. Then the next year I moved to Australia. I had to build a clientele there again. I didn't know anybody. I moved back home. I, some of my clients came back, but a lot of them didn't. So I rebuilt. In 2010, I went out on my own, had to build. So in 2014, when I moved to Calgary and knew no one, it's not like it just like magically happened where I wrote down these seven steps and I was like, oh, I got lucky. It's like, no, I had 14 years of trial and error and of failing my way to success, but I knew what worked and what didn't. Wow. And, and do you give it all the, where it all started from asking for those blowouts in, in the UK? Yeah, I guess it started when I was like, I just wanted to have clients in my chair in Saskatchewan and here in Canada. And I didn't want to keep sweeping the floor that I was like, I'll just like balls up and, and stop being shy and awkward and just start talking to strangers. That's what it is. It's overcoming the fear of, of, of rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. So many stylists, like seasoned stylists are like, well, that's great for a new stylist because they're new and people know they're new. But like, uh, like I was talking about this on Instagram um, was like, we get this pride and ego place of like asking for people, asking for business or asking to, for people to come see me makes me look like I'm starting. Over. And I, but I look like I'm skilled and I'm talented and I shouldn't have to start over from scratch. And it's like this, like, even if it's subconscious, it's this pride of thinking, getting new clients in my chair equates starting over, but it's actually a cyclical journey. And when you stop thinking of it as a linear process, but more as like the epicenter of our careers are always attracting new ideal clients. It's not starting over. It's just part of the journey. Every change, every pandemic, you know, whatever, we have to always go back to attracting ideal clients. And when that becomes the center of what we do, we don't get rusty and out of practice and it just becomes really habitual. But when we have, you know, the pandemic really woke us up to that of being like a lot of us got really comfortable because we didn't have to. It was fine. Um, we always had that whole clientele that we're rusty and out of practice and it's really freaking uncomfortable. Well, don't. I mean, again, to be vulnerable and then I, I want to get into the into the uh, I hate when people say they're being vulnerable. That's such a weird thing. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyways. But um, but then I want to get into the seven steps. But, you know, I've been very, very fortunate in my career where I've never really had to build a book. You know, I worked at a salon when I was, you know, fresh out of hair school. And, and you know, within a couple of years, the, the salon helped me build a book. And then a few years later, after that, I was with that salon for like 12 or 13 years. And then, you know, for uh, then I went to another salon and that salon had I mean, you know, they had like literally like 300 new clients a month, um, you know, so everybody's book is getting like fed and like really deep. And then, you know, so I've never been in a position to where even knowing how to really like build a book because it's always kind of been done for me. I've been very, very fortunate and lucky. Well, then, you know, now I'm in a studio suite and then the pandemic hit and, you know, like 60% of my clients I haven't seen back, you know, so now I, I kind of am in like a uh, 
crawling and scratch crawling crawling and scratching mode you know like like what to do but not that i'm out of practice like it's just something i've never ever had to do so if you can kind of like you know help me with you know with with what are those seven steps that i need to to to, to do to to kind of help me rebuild or you know rebuild yeah. I love that because, you know, there are, there are people like yourself that have never really had to, because it was, you know, for the circumstance, just it flowed in and you've been really, really fortunate. And what a wonderful gift that now probably doesn't feel like a gift because you never had to do it. Um, so I'm going to read out the seven steps. And then, because I feel like we could like be here for hours going through each one, but then you guys let me know which ones you want to dive into. But the first step is always carry your business card. Now people say some people say business cards are a thing in the past, but really it, I'm just saying like, be prepared, have a way to direct people back to what you do, whether it's your website, whether it's your Instagram, you want to be memorable because there's been so many times that I've met someone and I said, Oh, do you have a card? I'm like, no. And then I'm like, okay. And then I'm, I swear I'll remember who they are and what they do. And then three hours later, I'm like, Oh, what was that person's name? You know, what was it? And so have something that people can remember you by, or like even Instagram handles. I've like found people online and I've even followed them, but their handle's not memorable. And I can't find them, even though I know I follow them. I'm like, what was it? And like, I search something that relates to them, but they're not, it's, it doesn't connect. And so be prepared and have a business card or be memorable. That would be like step number one. And, and then, it, sorry, I, sorry. That, we'll, we'll get out of this real quick. But uh, even like on Instagram, like I want to tag somebody. And if it's like a weird mm. or something like, like, I can't figure it out. Like, you know, who does that is like Chris that we met at the temple. Oh yeah. He's got all these great websites. He's got all these great Instagram handles, but they're all like spelled weird and stuff. And it's like, oh, I can't put that much work in <laughs> You know, like <laughs> four or five minutes later. I'm like, I still can't find them, you know, and I've got right. 15 other yeah. people. Post. And even if you follow them, it's like, cause it should come, come up easier, but it doesn't. So always have your business card, always have something available and then learn to talk to strangers. I could go on a tangent about that forever. I'm like a shy, awkward, anxious person. I did. I used to hide behind my mom's leg as a kid. It was not something that was natural to me. You have to start. It has to be something you start doing, whether it's offline or online and don't be weird about it. Don't be like, you know, but it takes practice. Like I said, like that first grocery clerk that I gave my card to, they did not come in. The first three first people that I invited in for a blowout in the UK, like they didn't come in, but it helped me practice. Um, number three is toot your own horn. There's a big difference between confident and being cocky. And most people are so like, literally people are like, I don't want to be cocky. But in the same breath, they say to me like, but Don, I just need more confidence. And so like finding that I go a little bit deeper into that. Um, and then step four is where you don't have to do some, the, the first three steps are hard because you have to do them over and over and over again and multiple times. But step four is start to get your clients talking for you, get them to do the work for you, get a referral program, get them to, to share with people. Step five is consistency, give consistent experience, give great value, go above and beyond, do something different, have a point of difference. What sets you apart besides the hair that you do that people will come see you. Um, and then step six and seven are things that you need to do throughout all of this is get uncomfortable, stay uncomfortable because growth happens in discomfort. And number seven is believe you can actually do it. And the reason why I actually someone called me out online the other day being like, shouldn't, shouldn't believe in yourself be number one. And I'm like, absolutely. But if I started with that with people, they wouldn't even finish reading the other steps. Boom. Right. Boom. Yeah. And you mentioned the referral program that, uh, the company that um, Corey was talking about earlier, uh, 
we were there together, you know, I guess 13 years until he decided to leave, but I was there close to 20. But um, I remember my first year on the floor, uh, we had a referral program and you can make it any way you want. So every two clients you sent in, you know, you can do a like, you know, a free, you know, treatment or free service or free, you know what I mean? Uh, I kid you not. I probably had a hundred cards returned that in the first year, I mean, literally the stack was so thick and I had a complete full book. Yeah. You know, pretty much one less than a year on the floor. And this is back way back, way back before they had cards, before, before Instagram, before social media, and it was all word of mouth, you know? And so they, they, and it's funny because clients want to see you succeed. They want to help you build. They want to send you their friends and, you know, it, it it worked, I unbelievably, yeah, hundred percent. Are there are there what um what consultation programs um have you seen that have been successful? Or, would, or, or are there any that you kind of recommend or or not consultations, but the um referral. yeah. 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 So I always say like, get inventive, have fun with it. Like just because it worked for someone else doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for you. Um, but I know lots of people do like reward the referrer and the referee. I like that. Like I remember when I moved to Calgary, there's a salon here that if you refer someone, that person gets $20 off as well as you get $20 off. Um, and I'm not a big fan of discounting, but I think in that regard, you're not discounting. You're not saying it's only worth this much. You're giving them a reward right? It's not like I'm going to give you 20 bucks off your service just to get you in. No, it's like I'm rewarding you for, for some work that you did. So I'm okay with that. Or, you know, I, we used to have a referral program in the salon I worked in that you, your client gets a shampoo and you get a shampoo. And that's awesome because the client gets the value of the shampoo, but it only costs you the cost of the product. So, you know, like maybe you spend $10, but you sell your product at 20. The client's getting a $20 product, but it's only costing your business $10 and you're still getting a full amount for the service. That's um, right. And it gets them trying the product. So I think like, I love, I could be a professional brainstormer. I love coming up with different ideas for things. I think like have fun. Don't, don't overthink it and overcomplicate it. Keep it simple, but just give people incentive. And create some urgency around, like, give them incentive, but create, like, a timeline so people act. Because there's, like, oh, if I always have this available. So you could have, like, referral programs, something different each month, or run a referral program for eight weeks and then stop for eight weeks and then start again for eight weeks. But give people a timeline. And as much as, like, we don't like the scarcity mentality, just think of, like, you know, like, Black Friday. It only comes once a year. And so people go nuts because it's a time frame. That's really smart. I never thought about that. No. And I also like yeah, it's always available. Yeah. Well, you know? Oh, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also like like switching it. Right. So like maybe this this time you do $20 off and then you do products because you don't know what love language your clients have. You know, you don't know what they what what would what value they're bringing before we get into that, though, Dawn. So you were saying $20 off. Do you recommend a dollar amount off or a percentage amount off or or or, or you know, what gets you excited or or is there a difference? I think there's, you know, that's a really good question. You might have stumped me here. I think I would do a dollar amount because a percentage, like if you have a $500 service or a $100 service, if you're just giving them a percentage, then they like the person that gets the more expensive service gets more off. Does that make sense? Where I would keep it like a flat fee. I also like the like product. This, 
Yeah. I'm sorry. So just yeah, like like here's twenty, twenty and twenty, right? Twenty for twenty. And right. product yeah. sense because you get if you if you get, they both get a shampoo, they both get to try it, fall in love with it, and then repurchase or purchase that shampoo from you later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could even do rather than like a free product, you could be like twenty dollars off your product. So if your person refers five people, they got a hundred bucks to spend on retail. Mm, love that right some quick mental math that i did i'm kind of impressed yeah. <laughs> good, good job Dawn. so what is out of the seven steps what did you find uh the most challenging Ooh, personally uh, i would say talking to strangers yeah you know yeah talking to strangers still like i remember so i got to this point where i was you know being a baller and charging 50 bucks for consultation. And I had this steady flow of people coming in and it kind of was doing the work for me. And I didn't have, hadn't had to go get clients in a while. Um, and me and my boyfriend were out at a pub and our server had beautiful hair. And I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I've like asked somebody to come get their hair done. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I like started having a nervous sweat. And, like my palms are all clammy. And I was like, wow, like I'm, you know, like I should be so confident at this by now. I've done it so many times. I've done it on three different continents. I, you know, I charge for my consultations. It should be no sweat. And still, because when you get out, it's like lifting weights. Like, yeah, I can squat whatever. But then if I don't do, if I don't work out for months, if I try to go squat that same amount, it's going to be a lot harder because I was out of practice. So talking to strangers, because I'm like by nature, like a shy person, um, that's something that I continually have to practice. You know, I'm glad you made the analogy about lifting weights or, or working out because, you know, the, the other thing, too, with talking to strangers is some days you've got it. Some days you're on fire. Some days you're in the flow. But then there's other days, like you were saying, where, like, there's something else in the way. There's that own self-talk in the way or there's that own, like, like little bit, I don't want to say no confidence, but a little bit less confidence than you had when you were in your flow. And and and, and, and that happens, too. But that doesn't mean that, that anything's changed. It just means that, you know, today, you know, you're a little bit off the thing. It doesn't mean don't don't go talk to them, right? Because on those days that you don't work out are the days that you should work out is what I've learned. Totally. Right? And oh. one of the things that I do, and it's like so cheesy, but it really works. is like the bigger you can make yourself. So I put my hands up, like not in front of the person, but I put my hands up and I say, I'm a big deal and I can do hard things. And I like kind of put this bubble around me and like, it's like, there's like a psychological or physiological thing that like the bigger you can make yourself, the bigger you feel and the bigger you feel, the more confidence that, that you have. And so make yourself as big as possible, like maybe, you know, in your bathroom or wherever it is and like say out loud, I'm a big deal and I can do hard things. And going and talking to that stranger five minutes from now is not going to be as hard. That's really awesome. I like oh, that. I love I that. Do it, yeah, I do it every single morning. The other thing that I do is I picture a bubble around myself and like puff it out as far as possible and say negativity can't touch me because I, we've chatted about this on previous podcasts. I used to be really insecure and fearful of what people might be thinking of me because I was so judgmental about other people. I feared others thinking the way I thought. And so as I started to transition and be like, I'm going to make big, bold moves. I need to stop caring what other people might be thinking, not what they are, but they may be thinking. And so saying negativity can't touch me and picturing this like dome of like negative, negative thoughts bouncing off of it. It actually helped me not absorb it. I'm a very empathetic person and someone that absorbs other people's emotions really easily. So kind of visualizing as woo woo as it sounds, it really helps me stay confident and keep my mind out of the fear of what possibly might be being said out there about. Because I'm sure I've got haters, right? 
We all do. The more you stand up in something, the more people don't. The more people are going to love you and the more people are not going to love you. But the last thing I want is that people feel eh about me. I'm, I'm going to do start doing those two things. Make myself bigger in the morning when I'm looking at myself. Yeah. yeah. And picture uh, these walls or bubbles and a trail of negative words mm -hmm. bouncing, like hitting it and just dying right there. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. It's like I'm rubber, you're glue, bounce off me and stick to you. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Well, we talked about this, you know, off air a little bit, but, uh, you know, all three of us are big Pelotoners. Uh, yes. I, I love those rides where like, they're kind of like, like Allie Love does it a lot, right? Like she's like, like, mm -hmm. it's all about the self-love and like, you know, this is, a, you, this is your time. This is your day. And I love that. And that kind of like sets me off for, for the morning. Well, until like 30 minutes later when I get off the bike and then it all, all comes <laughs> flushing back. When I show up. <laughs> Tony's here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Uh, I love it. So, uh, so, so yeah, that's really cool. So, um, because I think we're, we're we're all a lot alike in, in in a lot of ways. In the sense, uh, you know, I think we all have that fear, or not all. Some people just has it. So, it make it so easy or so natural. I think they make it look easy. I think that they're they're self. Yeah, we all have our own insecurities. Yeah, you know, I, I think we. Yeah, I think we. I, I'm like you. You know what I mean. I, I'm. I'm much rather just sit back, observe. You know, just kind of like keep quiet. I'd rather listen rather than be heard. Even though I have a podcast, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, but you're right. It, it, that I think I would. That would be my biggest struggle as well. Yeah, is going out and making those relationships and having them uh, come into the shop. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a little bit easier, um, meaning easier than Tony, not easier for me, but, um, but, you know, I, 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 you know, also did for, for, for a little while I did door to door sales and like, you have to kind of like put yourself in there and you kind of have to, you have to do that push away, right. You have to make yourself big before you go and knock on somebody's door. Um, but, but, you know, that kind of helped with, with what that conversation is going to be, but, you know, kind of to back up and I think I'm just going to reemphasize what you said is that, you know, the first girl at the, at the, at the, at the cashier, like that wasn't a failure. That was just your first piece of practice. Right. Exactly. I talked about this a couple of times on the podcast. Like before we started the podcast, I had never spoken into a microphone. And until you speak into a microphone, you don't realize that there's something else in your brain that clicks on. Once that once your body knows that that mic is live, something in your brain clicks and you, you speak from a different part of your brain. So what I did to kind of combat that right? Was that at the end of each day, Tony, I'll tell you this, because we talked about it before we ever had a podcast is, is knowing I was going to start a podcast, I'd open up my dictation app, and I would just talk about the day. And it was just it wasn't about what I was talking about. But it was just like being able to transfer thoughts onto something that was recording my voice, you know, and, and but that that's what that was for me. That was my cashier, like, like, here's the place to fail, because only through the only through this series of failures, am I ever going to be successful? And it really, it, it removed the pressure too, right? Uh, when you did that, because in the beginning when we did that, we were like, uh, you know what I mean? Because you lose train of thought, you're so nervous, you're, mm -hmm. you feel the pressure. But by doing what you did, and you when you shared that with me, it helped me to be able to do that, and it made it a whole lot easier, and it took the pressure off. So somehow take that pressure off, find a way to take that pressure off, and go do it. You know, well, by I mean? doing it is the only way you're yeah. gonna get the pressure off. And it's practice, practice, practice. And you said the first three are practice, 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 practice. 
And you know, the more you do it, the better you become at it, the more natural it'll feel. We had that conversation about how it's second nature. It's second nature because you've done it enough to be second nature. To be second nature. That's it. Yeah, like think about when you watch, like I think I maybe have shared this with you guys before in the past, is like when we watch a toddler learning to walk and they fall over, we don't go, oh my gosh, you just made a fool of yourself. Please never try that. <laughs> right? Like we look at the toddler and we go, get up, go again. And we let them fall. They fall over continuously until they get it. And in some point in our lives, we stop realizing that that's the way we learn to do things. We start thinking that we need to get it right the first time. And I saw this quote the other day where it's like, if you're not, if you don't look back and aren't embarrassed, you started too late. Yeah, it's because we allow those people that hate or judge or point fingers to have the bigger voice, right? So we weren't, we're more worried about what they think or what they see or what they might say about us. So if we don't get it right the first time, you know what I mean? We're, they're going to they're gonna say or point or, or, or make fun of us. And so it's easier not to do it. So, yeah. And you know what, what I realized is like it gave me when I started being okay with sucking in the beginning, it gave me a lot more compassion for those people's first draft that I see that I'm that I probably used to be like oh that's a little embarrassing for them being like wow good for them for doing it like realizing how because I'm so hard on myself I was being very hard and critical of other people which is a really hard thing to become aware of but a really good thing to become aware of and being like now when I see people starting something I'm excited for them where like I hate to admit it but I remember the only reason why I didn't start sooner is because I used to be like well I don't want it to look like that right same I could take bad uh, I mean, since we're all kind of just chatting here now, um, you know, one of the conversations that Tony and I had when we first started this podcast, which is, I, I think, literally the most important conversation that we had, is that we expected to make only mistakes. We never expected, mm. we never expected any kind of success. And, and that was literally before we came on, before we ever cracked the mic for the very first time, we had the conversation is like, we're in for five years of mistakes. We're in for every time we do this that we're going to make mistakes. You know, and what that did is, is especially being friends as long as we have, is that what that did is it, 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 it now we're, it's on a different plane. Right. Like we're, we, we know we're going to make mistakes. So now there's no judgment for the mistakes. And, and when there was mistakes made, you know, the only conversation was, well, we're not going to do that again. You know, but it was never like, Tony, I can't believe you did. Or, or Corey, I can't believe you said that or you did this or, or, or whatever. It just becomes like, well, we learned, you know, and that's the only conversation, honestly, we've ever had about, quote unquote, mistakes, because every every one of those was was our our path to 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 to, to whatever it needed to be. Yeah, I love that. I um, that makes me think. I don't know. It triggered this thought in my mind, and I don't until I start saying it. I don't know if it really clicks. But I um, I was in a lot of like abusive and dysfunctional romantic relationships in my life, and there was a time where like after um, we'd hang out with people, we'd get in the car, and then I'd be told like, "Oh, you embarrassed me so much," or like, "You did this," and I got so much of that feedback that I started to question being able to even speak my mind because I would get in crap after being around people. And I would oftentimes text my friends being like, I'm so sorry for this. And they're like, what are you apologizing for? And I think there's a lot of people out there that have experienced similar, you know, whether it's romantic relationships or, you know, a boss or somebody kind of doing that, like, oh, you embarrassed me so much, or I can't believe you said that where you start to fear speaking up for yourself and you start to make yourself really quiet and small. And that's what I was like. And after I went through a divorce and 
after I got into another relationship that was really bad and got out of that, it took me like two or three years to be able to be comfortable and just being able to be who I am and speak my mind and know that, you know, I can't control how people perceive me, but I just need to be authentic to myself. Well, bravo that it only took you two or three years because that's usually a lifetime uh, identification and, 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 and work, you know, so two or three years and you're way ahead of the curve. But, you know, once you, once you admit to yourself that there was going to be mistakes, it, it, it only brings freedom. Mm-hmm. It brings you freedom. It, that freedom is to make those mistakes. Like, okay, that, 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 that's part of the path. Yeah. 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 Could and being have... able to admit when you make them, that's the hard part. Being like, you know what? You're abs- like if someone brings it to your attention, be like, oh, you're absolutely right. I did mess that up. Or I did yeah. Instead of being defensive or trying to make excuses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be reminded and, and accept, you know, you're right. I mean, a mistake. Sorry. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's something too. And, and, and that's my practice now, you know, my practice now is to be like, okay, I made a mistake, but what I want to, what I realized was whenever I was making a mistake, and I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because I'm sure it happens still, but you know, but within my practice, my, my, my thoughts are that when I make a mistake, I want to sit in it. I don't want to blame anybody. I don't want to say, oh, well, you said this or, 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 oh, Dawn, you responded like this or you rolled your eyes or whatever. What I want to do is kind of sit back and go, you know what? I want to feel this because I know the only way that, that I'll get better is by feeling it. If that makes sense. You can't bypass it. You got to move through it. You can't, well, you can bypass it. See, I disagree with you. You can bypass it by making it your fault. You can bypass the feelings by saying, well, Tony, you, you set me off. Right. Like you can, you can start making excuses for that as opposed to just being accountable for yourself. And the only way you're ever going to um, continue that is, is to feel it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 110 percent. It's like stop like our natural human instinct is to defend and deter. But the moment that you own it and you sit with it, you go through it. And it yeah. sucks. By the way, it mm-hmm. sucks to sit on it. But, you know, it's like you have to know that there's a bigger there's a bigger mission here. Absolutely. That's building your book in 12 weeks. But truly, you put these seven steps to place. And and the one thing I do want to add is just like, when I moved here, <clears throat> I was like, okay, I'm not booked. So I'm going to make a schedule of 40 hours a week where I'm going to put these into action for 40 hours a week. And then any hours that I get booked up until like I'm going to work those 40 hours fully if i have clients for 10 the other 30 and out there doing these seven steps that's brilliant so that way you're putting in the work you're putting in the work the only the shortcut is doing the work stop looking for the other shortcuts gosh i wish i i I knew that at 18 because everybody told you that but i wish i like understood it at 18 yeah unfortunately uh you know it sucks because by the time you do at least I speak for myself. I understand it. It's it's you, it, you're helping other people with it because <laughs> you're old. Yeah, because I'm on the other side of it. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so the things I wish I would have known. Yeah. Well, you see, again. I knew him. I just didn't believe him. Like everybody in the world, every old head in the world was like, dude, you just got to do the work. And you're like, no, there's definitely a shortcut here. I'll find it in four years. It's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah. 
enjoy what you're going through now because later on time flies you, you know you're gonna wish you did you're like yeah 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 and all of a sudden you're like oh that's what it means uh, yeah now right. i get it now i get <laughs> it totally. yeah. well and I'll tell you, everything. The, yep. the biggest lesson was starting this podcast like like i read something someplace that said if you imagine your life if you put everything into in into what you were focused on for six months and it would change everything one thousand percent that's the truth 1000% for the first six months, we, we went hard. You know, I mean, we still go hard, but, but we went hard and, and it was completely, we went here. Here's a little, I don't know if we should talk about it. I'll just talk about it. But at the five month mark, get this at the five month mark, we went to premiere Orlando. We had, we had 5,000 people listen to our podcast. So from January to June, five months from January to June, we had 5,000 listens on our podcast. By the time we ended that year, well, we, we had, were on track to our goal because our goal was 10,000 yeah. at the end of the first year. Yeah. Yeah. We're was like, huge. Yeah. We're, it was like beyond, we're like, Ooh, this is so great. We're going to make our goal. Right. By the end of year one, we had 150,000. So like that, that we worked so hard for that first six months and then it just exploded like that. And it, it, yeah, we were five years ahead of schedule at 10,000 or 15 years ahead of schedule at 10,000 listens a year. Yeah. It, it was crazy, but it was crazy there. But, but, but again, I'm telling you, we put the work in, man. And we put the work in, in spite of the mistakes, like the mistake, actually the mistakes were the work. You know, the mistakes 100%. were. The work. You got to fail your way to success. That's 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 it. Failure way to success. Maybe we'll change the podcast from the uh, the seven steps to failure way to success. <laughs> it seems like we spent more time there. That's awesome, Don. Where can people find you? Well, if they want to get this playbook that I have, like actual the seven steps in here, and I have actual worksheets, they can go to donbradley.com/slash/playbook. It's completely free. They can get the whole the whole workbook, workbook and they can do the work. Um, but they can also find me on Instagram at donbradleyhair. Oh, 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 where can they find you on Peloton? um i believe my username is kimberly don with an ly that's it and how you spell don d-a-w-n make it short so uh so as we (laughs) as we wind down this podcast if anybody is interested in me tony and dawn doing a uh, peloton podcast let us know if if we get good response maybe you'll see the three of us Actually, it probably won't be a podcast. It'll probably be like an Instagram live because, you know, if we're all sweaty with bedhead, that would be the uh, <laughs> that would be the better uh, content there. Right. That would be awesome. Out of breath. I don't know how much podcast we can do out of breath. But, you know, if you'd like to see us on the bike kind of doing it being silly, by all means, let us know. Dawn, once again, we are just huge fans of you. Thank yeah. you so much for hanging out with us. And thank you for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.